We're we live. are live. It's all you, Cyber. We are live, people. Welcome to our next new live stream. So welcome to the MCU's Bleeding Edge folks out there in uh, streaming land or wherever land you're coming from. I don't It could be audio land. I don't know. It could be anywhere. But anyways, welcome to our MCU's Bleeding Edge stream. Uh, we have a new special guest today that we'll be introducing, and that's my friend over here, Mr. Arch. And uh, he's joining us to go over the amazing and awesome uh, first film in the Infinity Saga. So since there's no awesome, you know, Disney Plus series going on yet until Loki comes out June 9th, we're going to be doing some of the Infinity Saga reviews for you guys just to kind of bury the hatchet in to kind of fill up some space for you guys just to give you some more Marvel awesome content. So like I was saying, Mr. Arch over here, if I can get it correctly over here, uh, is joining us. Uh, he has a YouTube channel and podcast uh, that they talk a lot of cool comic book stuff related stuff like that. That is joining us. Our other co-host, usually that's with us, Mr. Perry Ramsey. Uh, he unfortunately had a power outage, and hopefully he'll get to come in and join us uh, for this review. But of course, we also have Mr. Jeff over here. Uh, hey, everybody. Mr. Jeff, and he's a uh, our anchor i would like to call the main man himself that started this all uh but like i said we're going to be doing this awesome amazing review of captain america the first avenger because that is the chronological order of how it starts in the infinity saga so we're going to get right into that so just to start us off i'm going to have jeff here uh drop the the trailer for us just to kind of give us a kind of a, a little bit of a look into the uh, film itself before we start discussing it. So most definitely, take it away, Jeff. All right, most definitely, I got it. Rogers, Stephen, just give me a chance. Sorry, son. I'm saving your life. said that wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. Our goal is to create the greatest army in history. I should be going with you. Look, I know you don't think I can do this. This isn't a back alley, Steve. It's war. But every army begins with one man. Five tries in five different cities. I can offer you a chance. He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. Because the weak man knows the value of strength, knows the value of power. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. We are going to win this war because we have the best men. Now, Mr. Stark. They will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. Who the hell are you? The first of many. Your 
your enemy is not what you expect. Oh yeah, dude, that's a dope trailer, man. Compared to the Eternals trailer, dude, that's like freaking uh, a thousand percent better. Oh, I know. I mean, that trailer is ten years old, so I mean, hey, what does that tell you guys? Hey, huh? I'm not trying yeah. to segue too quickly here or like jump on a tangent, but I'll tell you right now, I plan on going on Rizzle tomorrow and making some videos about the Eternals trailer because that thing, <laughs> that thing stinks, man. Like, I'm not excited about that film at all. Yeah, I did my review, my mini trailer reaction for it too already on Rizzle. So, well, I uh, hope you, I hope you gave it a shitty review, a, a shitty friggin' uh, yeah. Part. I mean, I get, I, I told it basically how it was. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that Chloe Zhao. Like I said, like I've mentioned this and many other views, reviews I've done and so forth. That No Man Land movie, I get why it was so popular, but at the same time, I felt it should have been a documentary. Is how bad that movie was, and so. As soon as I saw the trailer for The Eternals, it, like, totally, I was, like, I felt like I was watching that movie again. Um, I don't know if you've watched the trailer yet, Arch. What do you think of it? I did. So, I I, I think it uh, I think it looks great from the sense of, like, cinematography and that type of stuff. They, they weren't super subdued with it, so you got nothing out of the story, which I think is what they were going for, I suppose, there. But, really, I mean, there's no spoilers in that trailer at all. You can watch that, and, and you're not getting spoiled. It Looks, it looks beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll doubt all I can say for it. Um, I, just in, watching this uh, first Avenger trailer, though, I probably haven't seen this trailer in twelve years, <laughs> and and it, I just got excited all over for it. I, I that, that trailer was was it was it, it's super intense. I, I I really enjoyed it. I kind of want to just stop and go watch the movie now. It, yeah, it, right, it's, right, it's, right. It's not good. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? What, uh, does that does that trailer bring back those? That was the first time too? I ever saw it, Cyber. That was the first time I ever saw the trailer. Oh, seriously? right there. Yeah, that was it. So like I mean, it was I thought it was great. Like, you know, uh, like I I saw Captain I saw this film the first time probably a year or maybe a year and a half after it came out or something maybe, you know, because I was kind of at that point with the MCU like I was kind of like, you know, a part of it and everything and interested in it and whatnot, but I wasn't following it as closely as probably like Arch was or maybe you were or whatever, you know. Um, I was kind of like really busy with work and like at that point I had custody of my daughter, um, you know, and like, so, and then I had a son, like all of a sudden, you know what I mean? And like, you know, partial custody with him. I was really busy, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, it was hard for me to, like, I couldn't have done anything like this back then. Um, you know, thank God. Like I've got the time now to be able to like do fun stuff like this and whatnot. But yeah, man, my reaction to the trailer is just that it's like, it's, it's a good trailer. Like, I mean, the music's good. Like, um, you know, like it's, it's a, it's an exciting trailer and, um, dude, compared to the Eternals, man, like the Eternals is like, like milk toast. Like that. I mean, it was, it's just like, I, I mean, I'm again, I'm not trying to like be do, doom and gloom here, but like, if I was a freaking MCU fan with no comic book experience at all, I would see that trailer and be like, okay, I don't know what this movie's about. Like, 
I don't know who the villain is. You know what I mean? Like, at all. I don't get what the story is. And, like, there's freaking, like, 17 different characters that make up the freaking Eternals. How the hell are they going to make that work? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a long movie, I have the feeling. I feel. I believe the last time I heard, it was, a, it was clocking in around two and a half hours long anyway, the first film. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they develop that. Most definitely. But going back to the first Avengers trailer, you know, just like, you know, Art was saying, uh, Arch, um, you know, yeah, it, even, you know, 10 years later, even if you're watching it for the first time, like you, Jeff, uh, it was still, it was like, it literally made me want to watch it. I actually have yeah. it playing on in the background right now because I just like to have something going in the background. And usually if we're talking about something specific, I'll have that playing in the background. But, you know, at the same time, it's just like, you're like, wow, even 10 years later, that trailer still is very impactful yeah. and so well done, too. Because even looking at it, I mean, that trailer does not look like it's 10 years old. Either. That's just how good the CGI and, and the, all the cinematography was for that film during its time. So that actually kind of brings me to the beginning of the film. So with the beginning of the film, of course, we first start out, there's these guys out in the Arctic, they're, you know making that circle in the ground to go down into, you know, Captain America's ship that he crashed at the, you know, in this film where he's been frozen. Now, my first thoughts on this was like, like, this is an interesting way to start the film, you know, because they really don't go into the, you know, they kind of make reference that they're, that's what they're going to find is Captain America, but they don't actually show him. They, you know, they just show, oh, we're, we're looking in the ship, we're finding something. What were your guys' first reactions to this scene? Now, let's start with you, Jeff. Well, um, I feel, I felt like basically, I mean, my my opinion on it, my my is kind of has kind of changed over time, like compared to when I first saw the film and where the MCU was then, and like where we're at now. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like you know, the 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 entrance of the film, the opening, kind of like. Um, isn't as alien to me in terms of what was going on. You know what I mean? Um, I know the whole you know story. So um, basically, I really I liked it. Like I really enjoyed the the uh, the opening of the film. I loved that like as like as an opening what they did like um, with actually showing them kind of you know discovering um, the plane the hydroplane uh, from the Red Skull. And then actually seeing the shield and realizing that Captain America was actually like under the ice or whatever, I guess, um, you know, like it was interesting. It's, it's definitely an interesting way to start the movie. Um, and, you know, like uh, it, it's a nice change of pace, um, you know, in terms of the entire structure of the film regarding, you know, that being the opening scene. Then you see the title shot and then you get the, the meat of the film. And then you get the end credits. You know what I mean? And I think there was just the one end credits, right, Arch? Sorry. Uh, correct. Yeah, I believe there was just the uh, scene. Well, this is the one that led into Avengers. So you get this uh, scene right at the end where it just kind of flows into what's going to happen at the Avengers. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're counting the very end of the movie scene where he just kind of wakes up in New York. Like that was kind of the end of the movie. And right after that, it floods into uh, basically almost a trailer for the Avengers. 
Yes. Pretty much. No, no, but Arch, please go ahead. Your take on the on the entrance, the like the intro of the of the film and everything, like uh, you know, the Captain America discovery. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So this kind of ties into just uh, how my whole experience with uh, the entire Phase One uh, section. So. Um, you know, I started very early. I, I came along and I followed like early 2000s comic books, uh, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, the, the original X-Men trilogy, those kind of things. And so when, when you got to the end of Iron Man 1, I promise I'm going to get back to First Avenger here. But when you got to the end of Iron Man 1 and you had that Nick Furious of, um, I'm here to tell you about the Avengers initiative. And you were just like, they're going to go for Avengers? Like they're really, this is, this is something you hadn't seen before. Before that, you just had... You know, they make a movie and then they make a sequel, but it wasn't wasn't necessarily a big long plan or anything going on like that. So the excitement over the fact that they had this long term vision was was insane. And from then on, I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, they've got to nail Thor. How can they do Thor? He seems so crazy. I don't know how they're going to be able to get that right. Same thing with Captain America. You're like, he seems kind of goofy. I don't know how how they're going to be able to do this right. So when I started watching the first Avenger and I see that opening scene and you sort of feel the intensity and the, the sort of realness of them finding this plane, I, I know what story they're going for here. And it felt so intense and good. I was like, they're going to get this right. I just, it just made me feel excited for the entire film watching that opening. Cyber, yeah. if you don't mind me jumping in quick, just to, as, as a remark based off of what, what Arch said, um, you know, I think that's really, really pivotal that you brought that up, Arch, the fact that, that whole um the whole like concept of all of us like our reactions or feelings realizing that we were going to get avengers like on film you know what i mean like what a that was huge like mm-hmm. i mean i think sometimes it's almost easy to forget that there was that like realization there for a minute where you know nobody really kind of knew where the mcu was going to go kind of at first and right. so when we got avengers that was the game changer for me that really drew my attention to the MCU and really like hooked me in and it blew me away literally that they did the Avengers the first time I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Absolutely. It changed everything. And, and that was my experience One, if you didn't grow up in that period, there was a whole different vibe to it where you just knew they were doing something that had not been done before and to, to watch them try to put those pieces together. And, and to make it work in a way that nobody had ever even attempted before it was just, it was thrilling to watch them do that. And, and to, to have success after success and watch them hit these characters the way they needed to be hit. It was, it was fantastic. It was, it was just absolutely thrilling the entire time. Most definitely. Most At least definitely. for me. Most definitely. I mean, this, this film also, you know, really, you know, was our first take on, you know, Chris Evans version of Captain America too, you know, and that's a, big step to take you know for this character because this is an iconic character since the you know world war ii that has been in comic books and been presented in such a way who's going to play this character you know the best and you know they tried to you know bring this to the big screen back in the 90s they had a couple uh you know adventure films or captain america films they called that were so hokey and so like made for tv that were just so bad and you're like okay are they gonna do that bad again and so, but when Chris Evans really proved that he could play Captain America, that was a big presence too for this film. And just for the MCU in general too as well, because especially, you know, one thing I always forget is that Paramount originally released these films when all this first phase came out. You know, from Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Captain America, and Thor all were put out by Paramount at the time, which I think is really interesting. 
then that's when finally Marvel finally got into, you know, a way that they were able to do it themselves by a huge, uh, amazing, uh, uh, basically almost like a grant that they got from Merrill Lynch, actually, that right. allowed them to be able to start producing these movies and to put them out in their own studio. And that's when really the birth of Marvel Studios happened. So yeah, this movie they... really is a great catalyst for that because this was the last film really before we got Avengers because Thor came out in May, this came out in July. And so we had, this was the, the catalyst really that really launched Marvel Studios. So that's another big thing I noticed about this, you know, this film. Now, a lot of people are probably wondering who directed this film. Well, I noticed down in the little sidebar here that you're giving is, you know, who directed, and that's, of course, Joe Johnson. Now, Joe Johnson is known for doing, you know, films such as, like, Gremlins and, and so forth, The Birds, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And one thing that I noticed about this film, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but there was a very huge, almost cartoony feel to this film versus the other Marvel films that I've seen. With, especially when it came to the special effects, when it came to uh, some of the action sequences were just very cartoony, I felt. Uh, so uh, next question is, what do you guys feel about the the action in this film? Uh, let's start off with you, Arch. I was trying to think of the scenes as you were talking about it there. So uh, I guess the first thing that stands out to me might be like the montage sequence when they're going through. and uh, it's, it's like the, the, the only real war sequence that you get. Um I'm trying to define it. I'm not sure if I have a word uh, to, to define it, but I mean, I was really into the whole thing. I mean, I like, I, you know what, one thing, it, just in terms of cartoony, if I had to pick a scene, like there's a, there's one particular one during that montage where he uh, drops a bomb, he opens a, a tank lid and drops a bunch of bombs on it, it comes flying off and he's like running in the air as he comes down. I guess that's probably close to what you're talking about, but I was, uh, I was really into the action the entire time, uh, especially um, the shootout scene where he's breaking up prisoners for the first time and they get back and he's, he's publicly dubbed Captain America at that point. The, um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I just mentioned those two scenes, so I guess I'll, I'll probably stick with those. Um, the, the other one that might stand out is the, the final, uh, final sort of fight with uh, a Red Skull on the, uh, on, the, on the plane that they're on. I can't even think of the name of the plane right now, but um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was really into it. I, I suppose it's not... I was more into some of the personal moments, like him jumping on a grenade, for instance, or him taking down the flag, like, and a, a lot of stuff with Peggy, all those things. I was probably more into that than the action in this movie, but I think that's a good thing. Yeah, let me rephrase that a little bit, too. I, I'm not saying the action or the, the cartooniness of it is a bad thing. I would just I felt it was very like comic booky compared yeah. to the other films where they're a little bit more serious. So that's basically what I was getting at. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Well, I would agree with you with you with your take of it being comic booky. Let me really quick, Cyber, if you don't mind, let me do some quick share screen and I'll go ahead and play a clip or two from the the, the, the film real quick just so we have something else to kind of refresh us a little bit. Okay. Give me one second. All right. Okay, now I got it. 
Sorry, folks. <laughs> Here we go. Great scene, great scene. <laughs> it is a good scene. Okay, one last one, and then we'll jump back. All right. Come on. There we go. All of them not using the brains. Love to see them. <laughs> Steve just just walks up there. Love Peggy's reaction here, by the way. <laughs> I just love Peggy in general. Okay. All right, YouTube, do me a favor, please. Do not freaking take down our freaking video just because I played that freaking 30-second clip, okay? I'm telling you right now, don't do it. <laughs> Anyways, Cyber, back to um, what we were talking about. Um, and for me, um, just kind of like based off of like what um, what you said, what Arch said, um, the the film, like the as far as the action goes, um, I mean, look, I feel like the action really stepped up and took it to a different level almost than like every Captain America film. Like, as they jumped from film to film, like, you saw, like, um, them demonstrate uh, Captain America's fighting skills and everything and whatnot more and more. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, um, the action scenes got bigger. Um, and as far as, like, with the first Avenger, I felt like the only thing that kind of... Looking like like being like a dark horse here, looking at like watching the film and everything today. Um, it's interesting to me like how it makes any sense other than the fact that this is a comic book movie that like Chris Evans is like this scrawny dude and everything and whatnot, right? And he like gets beat up everywhere and everything, but then he gets the super soldier serum, so all of a sudden he can just like run into Hydra bases and stuff and like knock dudes out and everything and whatnot. Like when did he get that ability? Like did he just like I don't understand. It's just interesting to me, like. He's like knocking dudes out and everything, and like take like you know take like manages to like get into an entire Hydra base and everything by himself, and he's like jumping into tanks and everything and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, like you know that's cool, but like you know it's just interesting to me, you know. Like again, it's the MCU, it's a comic book universe, so you know whatever. But um, no, like 
the action's great in the film. Um, for me, the the my favorite is my favorite. Um, probably one of my favorite scenes that really like I really love is the scene where he rescues the the soldiers and brings them back. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, "What the hell?" And he like walks in with like all of the the soldiers and everything, and Bucky and um, that that's a really great scene. But as far as action goes, uh, just to just to wrap it up, like I love that scene where he where he gets into that tank, pulls the tank driver out, and then like jumps off the tank like sixty feet in the air or whatever down to the ground and like yep. his arms swing around. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great. The tanks explode. Yeah. There's a lot of great scenes in this movie. I mean, you know, besides, the, I just feel like out of all the MCU films, like I'm saying, I just, I, I love that it was so different than the other MCU films. Like, I think that was a great first outing, and that's why, you know, Marvel went in that direction. And, you know, that's why I was like, okay, what's everyone's take on this? Because everyone can have such a different take on each of these scenes over each of these films. And so it's just interesting to see people, you know, go on and, you know, kind of explain what their take is on it. And I think that's what's great about this film is that there are so many different aspects to this film. And that's what makes it such a great first film. So now that kind of leads it's me right. to uh, what next I'd like to talk about. So, you know, after the beginning intro, we get to see, you know, them dig into the ice. Then we go to 1942 uh, over Nazi Germany and we see, you know, Johan taking the Tesseract. He's trying to find it, taking it so that he can use it for his diabolical plans for Hydra. Now, this first introduction to, you know, Red Skull, basically, you know, what was everyone's thoughts on Hugo Weaving's take on the Red Skull? Uh, go ahead and uh, start off first, Jeff. Well, um, basically, I feel like my opinion hasn't changed um, in terms of how I felt about it when the when the film came out and I first saw it, I thought that the casting of Hugo Weaving, regardless of the time the time difference, was a great pick. Like that was like a they hit that out of the park. They hit that out of the ballpark. Like with that one. Like I mean, you couldn't have picked a better uh, uh, actor to play the Red Skull. I mean, down right down to his like German accent in the film is like spot on. You know what I mean? Like it's very authentic. Um, same thing with Z with Zola, um, and you know, and, um, you know, basically I feel like the one thing point I really would want to make just to like the, the main thing, the main component that I felt like Hugo Weaving was able to, um, provide as the Red Skull that maybe another actor wouldn't have been able to potentially is that he managed to, to pull off a, a, a sense that he respected Captain America. Like, he respected Steve Rogers. You know what I mean? Like, as Captain America. Like, he knew who he was. He knew his background. He knew where he was from and everything. And you could see, like, that there's this, like, respect. That there's, like, this appreciation from him as the Red Skull. And at times during the scenes where, like, there's dialogue between the Red Skull and Captain America. There's, like, this begrudging, um, like, you know, admiration or respect. And I think there's almost, like, a sense where... Um, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull really like makes the creates the dynamic with Captain America as like his main villain basically you know what I mean 
Like he makes that stand out and makes it work. Like, you know, like he makes it interesting. So overall, I feel like definitely without question, I mean, I love Hugo Weaving. That's all I'll say. Hugo Weaving is the bomb, man. If anybody out there has never seen the Matrix films, you're crazy. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Arch? No, no, I totally agree. Uh, actually, a couple good points. It was, was awesome. I was going to say Agent Smith and also uh, Elrond, Lord of the Rings stuff that yeah. just happened. After. So Hugh Weaving yeah. was all over the place. Uh, great actor, and I agree with you. He brought a lot of intensity to that role. Um, I, I liked, uh, I like what you're just saying there about uh, him him respecting Steve. It's like he... Uh, he he views him as a legitimate challenge, as, as like a legitimate challenger. He's almost jealous of him, really, because Steve is like the perfected version or, or, or something. And you can almost get that sense that that uh, Red Skull at the time knows that he's he's not the perfected version, but he's he's still trying to carry out whatever he wants Arch, to do. It's, it's, it's Arch, do you feel, well I don't mean to cut you off, but do you feel like maybe there's almost like a sense of like brotherhood or like like almost like com- not camaraderie, but like a connection that's almost like familial? like for Red Skull towards like Steve because of the super soldier yeah, but, serum? Yeah, yes, but it's almost, it's more like, like uh, at, at the risk of, it, it's it's almost like somebody came into the family who you feel like doesn't belong and, and mm-hmm. he, he he wants to kick that guy out. That, that's almost more more what it's like. So, but but just that scene in general, awesome scene. Uh, going back to what Cyber said earlier, extremely comic booky. And, and that, you know what, I, should, I wish I'd have thought about this one when you, when you mentioned comic booky because that one feels like what you'd flip through the pages if you've ever I, I read Captain America for a little while, especially the Bucky takes over his cap uh, arc after Steve's death. But um that feels exactly like what you'd you'd read at a first issue where you're starting off, you're not in the main story, but you're seeing some creepy dude who turns out to be the Red Skull go through some mystical stuff and open up a box and he finds the the cosmic cube or something like that. Very comic booky there. I I love that I love how he he played the guy. He's friendly. He's respectful, but then he just kills the town anyway. Just ruthless dude. That whole scene set up the, the movie very nicely. I thought it was great. Yeah, he was a great choice. I thought too myself uh, for that character. And it's too bad that you know he didn't come back to even those small parts in Endgame and Infinity War. Um, but Hugo Weaving as an actor in general is just he is an amazing. You know, like talking about you know him as Agent Smith and Matrices as as Elrond in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits, and then, of course, you know, him and V for Vendetta. I mean, pretty much anything he ever puts his fingers into, uh, as an actor, he's always on point so amazing. And so the fact that they, when they found out that they had chose him to play Red Skull, I was like, this is really awesome, and it'd be great to see him down the line, you know, coming back to this character. And that's one thing I noticed about this film, is I was really surprised by the end of this film they had had him disappear. And, you know, we didn't get to see him again until, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. So I was really shocked that they kind of, you know, took this really big villain of Captain America and kind of made him disappear right away. I was really shocked by that, actually, when uh, I first saw this in theaters back in 2011. And, uh, but yeah, Hugo Weaving in general was just such a great pick. And even the look of him was on point for Red Skull, too. I mean, the mask and everything fit so well. And he just looked like he was... Red Skull himself. Now, <clears throat> after he grabs the Tesseract and all that kind of cool stuff, you know, we go on and uh, we get to see more images of Steve before he becomes Captain America. We get to see him trying to try out to get into the army and so forth during World War II. We get his interactions with Bucky and so forth and stuff like that down the line. Now, that brings me to another thing is what are our thoughts on Sebastian Stan as Bucky? 
What were your first thoughts when you first saw him uh, in like in that first scene kind of where Steve is getting beat up in the alleyway and he comes in out of nowhere and like stops the guy from beating him up? What were you guys' first thoughts on uh, what did you think of Sebastian Stan? Did you think he was going to stand up to, you know, being Bucky, uh, being that character? What were your thoughts? Uh, let's start off with you, Arch. Yeah, I love Bucky. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, as I kind of alluded to a minute ago, uh, one of the first comics I've ever read, I, I haven't read, I, I didn't read comics my whole life. There was like a five-year run where I, where I collected something back in around 2000. But um, when, when it was right after Steve's death, following the Civil War, and Bucky was taking over as... Captain America, or at least he was building up to that point. He was very reluctant to do so, um, to take on that mantle, and he didn't. He didn't feel like he was worthy. But um, I, watching this movie, I, Sebastian Stan was exactly how I would have envisioned that. He's a very noble guy. You know this. You know this tragedy sort of befell him, where he is 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 used and abused by uh, you know terrible people, um, and he and he's kind of got to live with that consequence the rest of his life. But I, I think Stan has pulled that out throughout the entire series. I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a specific moment in that movie that that I would point to, but more recently in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, those moments where they're like the couple couples counseling scene where they're in, right, where him and him or uh, you know where, where he looks at him and he and and he, you 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 really feel the emotion when he looks at at uh, at Sam and says, you know, why did you give up the shield? You know, if if it's you know if 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 he was wrong about you, then he's wrong about me. You can really feel that from Sebastian Sam as an actor. And uh, yeah, I've liked him the the entire time as well. I think, he's, I think it's a great arc the, the the entire way throughout the entire series. Yeah, that that hands down is probably one of my favorite scenes of the Pack and Wonder Soldier show. That was absolutely on point. And a cool thing about that scene is it was a hundred percent all improv. There was actually the director. He went to to Anthony Mackie and to Sebastian Stan and said, "Okay, so we have this scene coming up that where you guys are going to be in therapy." I got want you guys just to go at it. I, there's no like, it, there's no really any like script or anything that how we want you to do. It. We just want to see you guys be as authentic as possible. And the scene that ended up was all hundred percent improv. It was wow. amazing. I can't believe that was all improv when I when I first saw it, and it was just it was so perfect for both Sebastian Stan's character and Anthony Mackie's character. So when you brought up that. That scene, yeah, that's like one of my all-time favorite scenes of that whole show. It was just so good. So I hadn't heard that. That's amazing. Well, yeah, it makes sense to me that they would that they would let them just ad lib something like that. To be completely honest with you, because like those guys know their characters, like they've been they've been they've been playing those characters for years and everything and whatnot. Um, so I mean, I think that that's like like I think that's very interesting and like very like. Uh, cool that they that they were that they gave the actors the opportunity like that to actually just act and like you know create on their own and whatnot um i also very much like think that the point that arch made was very poignant in terms of in falcon of the winter soldier the the emotion like and the the um the depth and like the gravity of bucky and like his his expressions and like his, um, his voice and everything and whatnot. Like when he says to Sam, like, why'd you go up the shield, Sam? You know, like, I mean, he's like, he's like pissed and like let down and disappointed and like, um, and like, you know, almost like, uh, I, it's just, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting part 
for me that I'll never forget of watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier where like um, it's really critical. I think that like Arch said that you take into consideration that literally uh, Bucky, <clears throat> Bucky, like he said, you know, um, what, what, what did he say, Arch? Um, like if you, if, if you, whatever with the shield, you're, he, 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 he was leading into it. He ended up saying um, he was uh, talking about how Sam wasn't accepted. And he said, um, if you're not, accepted, if you don't accept this shield, then you're essentially saying he was wrong about you. And if he's wrong about you, then he's wrong about me. Yeah. And he, he, he needs this to feel like he's redeemed. Yes. Yeah. He needs Sam to, to, to validate what Steve's faith in him as, as much as, as much as anything. And I, that connection, we've talked about this before amongst Cyber and Perry and I, before our other shows, we've talked about the fact that um, essentially for Captain America later on in the MCU, uh, uh, for, for, excuse me, essentially for Bucky, once Sam, once, once um, Steve goes back in time and then comes back and retires essentially or whatever, um, Sam and that shield become the closest thing to family that like Bucky has, you know what I mean? Like literally he's a man out of time and like, you know, Sam is like that connection, you know, even if like, you know, they were just Steve's buddies, like they were right. his friends, like who were working together or whatever. Right. Basically just to like not wrap up my point, but wrap up this part of my point. Essentially. I love how things ended up working out at the end of the Falcon of the winter soldier in terms of where their relationship together got to. Like, right. that was great. That, I love the positivity of that. That was really great. Even if I was a little critical of some aspects of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a whole. Um, as far as Bucky goes in, in the, the first Avenger, I mean, honestly, I feel like, hey, it was the first time he was playing the role. They didn't give him a ton to work with in that film, really. You know what I mean? Like, they really kind of, like, almost muted him a little bit in terms of, you know, like his character and whatnot. I felt like Sebastian Stan did a great job with what he had to work with, um, you know, but like, again, he doesn't get that much screen time really in the film. Um, and, you know, like, um, you know, again, like March said, Sebastian Stan's, um, you know, playing of that character has just been great no matter what and like evolved and evolved and evolved. There's Mark, another little key that. scene. Uh, that I, I wanted to, I wanted to mention, which uh, and I don't want to get too far off on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but as it relates to me, um, they're on the plane, and Sam reiterates to him that he doesn't want to have the shield. And Bucky's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get the exact quote right here, but Bucky said, well, if, um, uh, if you're not going to take it, um, and, John, and John Walker isn't, is definitely not going to have it, then I'll take it. So he doesn't want to wear that crown, but he needs it to have validation for, for himself. Yeah, right. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Bucky in general, I think Sebastian Stan's been doing a great job for the last 10 years playing this character. Uh, I mean, he even, he improved on it within the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just where his character is gone and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, you know, first seeing him in the, you know, first Captain America, I remember thinking, hey, this guy's going to be, is going to be good. I think he's going to be a great addition to this, you know, to this series and to the Marvel Universe. 
because uh, I just I automatically you know connected with Sebastian Sands' character of Bucky and just how he was because I just thought that he did such a great job of really conveying from the you know comic book pages who Bucky Barnes is and just did a, such a great job. Now, as we go further on into the movie, <clears throat> now you know after that we get you know of course we get introduced to Peggy Carter, we get uh, introduced into Arnim Zola, we get introduced to uh, Doctor Abraham Erskine, all played by great actors, you know Haley Atwell, Toby Jones, and of course Stanley Tucci. And uh, the first interaction with you know Abraham. I think it's such a great scene, which we watched earlier that you shared, Jeff, uh, that that whole scene was just, you could see that Abraham could see that this person, there's a lot more to him, even though he's so small or he's not as, you know, normal looking as some other of the soldiers are. Um, so when, when he first popped up, Stanley Tucci, I couldn't believe it that he was, he was this character. I was like ecstatic because I absolutely love Stanley Tucci. I think he's one of the best character actors ever around and so when he was playing this character i absolutely would thought that it was just such a great uh, attempt at bringing this character life onto the big screen so my question is for you guys is what did you think of stanley tucci's performance as his character do you think he brought enough to the table do you think that uh he even though it was such a small part you know and we really don't get to know much more about him what are your thoughts on him uh let's go ahead and start off with you jeff well, I mean, I feel like I love Stanley Tucci. I do. I mean, as as a character actor, I think that he's probably um, maybe I don't know. I don't know if he's really overrated at this point, but like he kind of is because I mean, he really is a great character actor. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to get into like you know overall film and everything right now, but in general. Um, he's been pulling off standoff stand up performances left and right, like for like literally what? I mean, uh, three decades, like, I mean, plus or something like, um, he's, he's, he's a great actor. Um, I, I think that, I think that like what he did with the role in the film was excellent. It fit perfectly into the film. The timing of it and everything was great. Um, uh, he made a great impact for a character that dies, you know, like 40 minutes into the film, you know, like, um, I mean, at that, I mean, he made a real impact. And I think that um, basically Peggy is an interesting character for me in the film because, you know, I love Haley Atwell and um, I love what she did with Peggy Carter. I really do. And for me, they didn't give they didn't give um, Peggy Carter a ton of screen time in the film, but but what they did give her, she really made it work. You know, like she stood out in her scenes and whatnot. To me, um, she's not like she's not like uh, you know the most beautiful woman in the world. I think, but she's like very um, like classic looking. You know, and she fits in the, like that time period with world war two and everything and whatnot, like to the T in terms of her haircut and everything. And like, you know what she wears and whatnot and everything. It's a great, it's a, it's a great role. Like I, I love her as I love her as Peggy Carter. And, um, you know, uh, basically for me, I feel like the whole howling commandos, like 
with all those supporting actors were just great too in the film. You know, like hands off, like they were great. Nice. How about you, Arch? What do you think? Yeah, Tucci was fantastic. Uh, every scene of them was great. Uh, the one that came to mind when you started talking about him was uh, the scene where he they're preparing. It's like the night before Steve's experiment, right? And um, you know, that's where he gives his. Uh, you know, you just you know, no matter what happens, stay what you are, a good man, and that's that's a very key scene. And the way Tucci delivers it is amazing. But the reason I was thinking about the scene is he also balances it with just this real world levity. And and I'll 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 take a minute to uh, pre stump a speech about what I think about Marvel humor. Is I think it is always very natural, almost pretty much always very natural. Um, yeah, in the sense that this is how people really talk. Um, and, and he follows that that line up with, you know, they're going to share a glass of whatever they're drinking. It's vodka or something. I can't remember. And, and, and Steve's about to drink it and he takes it away from him. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, you can't drink it. He drinks it himself. Just like that kind of like very naturalistic humor. I think I think Tucci balances that that entire scene great. But every other scene he's in from just looks he gives to, to uh, Tommy Lee Jones when Steve jumps on the grenade, uh, the dummy grenade. Just everything, every little scene he's in, I think he does a great job of emoting and 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 presenting like a really just well-rounded character that that gets you into that emotion. He reminds me of uh, Jensen from the Iron Man series. He's that sort of like fatherly figure, um, like Jensen was to to Tony Stark. Um, uh, Tucci here is to uh, to uh, Steve here, and I, th- I think he plays it very well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I totally... Um, <clears throat> yeah, totally, totally agree with all that, what you guys said, especially about Haley Atwell. You know, you know, she's a very gorgeous woman. I think she was a great selection for playing Jane, uh, Carter, Agent Carter. I think that most definitely would have been nice to see her have a little bit bigger of a role in the film, especially with how big they made the relationship between her and Captain. Uh, because you really... Even though you don't really see much of that in the film, they make sure that's a big pivotal point in the film too. Especially with the end scene where you know Steve's about to crash into the ice and he's talking about not being able to make that date, and she's crying, and you're like, you know, it seems like they barely knew each other. You know what I mean? So it wasn't there wasn't a huge connection of showing that romance budding. So it would have been nice to have seen her a little bit more in that film to kind of connect those dots a little better. Uh, but in a whole, it's, she still did a really great job. Uh, and when it comes to, I think, I think Toby Jones does an amazing job as uh, Zola. I absolutely loved him as mm-hmm. a character, especially when they brought him back as computer voice uh, in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. He just was, like, he was perfect because even his accent, very similar to Hugo Weaving's, was really, really good. Um, but, Jeff, you supposedly have some other clips that you would like to share. How about you go ahead and share those now? I do, and I just want to make one just real quick point. Toby Jones is another great character actor. And like, really they did a great job of like casting this film and, and filling these like supporting role slots very well. Like looking back at it now, I didn't think about it back then, but like now I definitely like see it. Um, but most definitely give me one second and I will share screen, which is not exactly the coolest way to do this folks. But like, Hey, you got to work with what you got.
Mm-mm. Oh, come on. Okay, here we go. There we go. Okay. One second. I love that part. <laughs> all right. Love it. So let's go. Okay, let's see. Like Sebastian Sands base there. Look at it; it's like perfection. Like he's Bucky, man. They did a great job with him. Okay, here we go. Oh, come on! Sorry, guys. I don't like this share screening stuff at all. There's my favorite scene. Ooh. Okay, one more. I had to see I had to pull that one up because I love that scene. It's my favorite scene, I think. I gotta tell you that one when they're coming back in. That, that's for me at least. That's a that's a pretty emotional moment in the movie. And I think it's supposed to be, but like really, you kind of you feel that when he's coming back, and he's bringing all these people. There's something about having saved all these lives. It's just you, you feel it. It's really impactful. It's, it's a paradigm cool. shift in the film, almost, isn't it? Arch like, mm-hmm. oh, like a, yeah, like a shift. That's um, the moment where he he becomes legit. Because up until then, he's been. You know the, uh, the circus monkey. The, the, you know that's that's the image that he's even drawing in his book with Captain America. But, but at that point, he becomes 
the serious Captain America. And, and it's, it's, it's a fantastic moment, it really is. All right, last yeah, you're, clip. You're last last clip, Cyber, last clip. You're rooting very much at that scene, too, because he came back with everybody, too. Mm-hmm. So that you were like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He did it. You know, he did it. Okay. Let me apologize. Everybody who ends up checking out this video on YouTube, I'm sorry for the screen sharing. I'm trying to figure out uh, how this restream works as far as like a streaming platform goes. And, um, you know, basically uh, in the long run, I'll find a more like logical and presentable uh, way of um, showing you guys the clips of these films, but you got to work with me a little bit with the screen sharing right now. Sorry, guys. I'll share some tips later for you. It, it, hey, I found, uh, I figured out how to actually upload clips of videos onto the restream effectively, like I did with the trailer, um, but I didn't find it until like right before the, the, the show. So, you know, I didn't know last time we did this on restream. And um, I'm kind of like going, I'm working with this as, like as we go here. And like, uh, so next time we do a review on here, I'll actually have clips like uploaded and everything and whatnot that I can just drop easily, you know? Most definitely. On, Captain Marvel, folks. Captain <laughs> Marvel. Arch, we haven't, I haven't even told you yet. We're going to try to pull off a Saturday morning Captain Marvel okay. review. That sounds fun. Early in the morning, so I don't know. Like, you might be, you might be too busy. Like, the wife might not let you like do it. I don't know, man. Like, we're planning on doing eight thirty. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in Denton, so I, I I probably can't make that one. But we we talk about that later. Okay, brother. Okay. (laughs) All right. Anyways, back on track, people. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, back to the review. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyways. So, so as we just showed, he just showed those clips, you know, a few of them were ones that we were talking about already uh, and all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, you know, as you know, we got to see a little bit of, you know, Zola, we got to see a little bit of Red Skull fighting between Captain America, all that kind of good stuff. Those are really great scenes. Like we were talking about saying that that one scene is very pivotal moment in the film, kind of transitioning from, you know, Steve fully becoming really Captain America, that feeling of joy and all that kind of stuff. And so forth, and as uh, and it's just a really fun kind of just concept too as well. And those are just really great scenes that Jeff shared with us. But as we you know as we move on throughout the film, you know we get to see uh, Tony Stark's dad. We get to see you know kind of the Stark tech back during the forties. You know like what were they working on and so forth. And that was a kind of a cool little thing I thought that they threw into the movie because I, for my understanding, I mean you uh, are you. Uh, you said that you've read the comic books a lot, or the Captain America series, I'd say. I don't know how often, you know, Tony Stark's dad was in the comics. I don't know if he was very prominent in them or not, because I really haven't had a chance to read them myself. Uh, but 
I just thought that was a really cool concept that they put into the movie. I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on that. How about how about you go with that, Arch? Oh yeah, Arch 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 would be the more would probably be the more knowledgeable guy on this one than me, to be honest with you. You're building my knowledge up too much. The, uh, the so I I I have not read a book with with uh, Howard Stark in it, but it I mean it completely makes sense. So I, I I love it, and I think honestly as a whole that's one of the things the MCU does best is is blending and merging stories uh, throughout uh, throughout their history. So a, a couple that stay in mind are like uh, Ego uh, as they do him as the Living Planet is also presented as the gardener who's one of the elders elders of the universe. I won't get into the details of that right now, but. The um, the t- the tesseract is presented as the cosmic cube, which is you know in, in the films is also an infinity stone, which isn't the case in the comics. But I think all those things are great blendings of ideas um, in a film series where you don't have you're not going to have unlimited resources and unlimited issues to be able to just print and make every single version of everything. So I think they do a great job blending these things. Um, I I'm a huge fan of MCU lore. Anytime they get into anything in the past, um, whether it's Howard Stark or Peggy Carter. Um, the, the past with Steve Rogers, um, Hank Pym, they've done some small flashbacks with him and, and the Wasp. Any of those I think is great. So uh, I, I, I love seeing the meet. I love the fact that that plays into a lot of future events, how Tony and Steve get along. Like Tony knows that, that Steve was Howard's best friend. So it's, it, it, it adds some spice to their dynamic. I think all of that's fantastic. And I love, I love both actors that they've used for Howard Stark, by the way, the, the young one, I can't remember his name right now. And, and the, and the older one, I think it's it's really cool to watch that 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 play out. What are your thoughts on it, Jeff? Uh, what how do you feel about Howard Stark being in this film? Well, I agree with Arch on two fronts right at the jump. The fact that I never ever saw Howard Stark in a Captain America comic book either. I never did. I think that was more of a thing that they added to the MCU, if anything. Um, and in terms of um, what uh what arch said about the casting of um tony's dad like howard stark you know they did do an awesome job with both actors like uh the older you know uh howard and like the younger howard i love uh is it dominic cooper um i I think you got it right yeah he's great he's great um he's he's a he's a very good actor um i like him I think that he did a great job uh, with the uh, younger Howard Stark. Um, And basically, I feel like um, essentially it's interesting to me that they were able to make that connection and make him such an integral part of the MCU backstory of Steve Rogers and everything and whatnot. Like, and I always personally always loved like um, Tony telling Steve later on in the films that like Howard would always talk about Steve and talk about Captain America and everything to him when he was a kid and everything and whatnot. Like that really adds to the whole dynamic between Tony and Steve throughout the MCU, their relationship. And I just think that, Although this is the first Avenger and the first Captain America film, I feel like it's important to bring attention to that dynamic, that connection between those two characters because and the actors themselves. Because, I mean, let's be honest here, like um, the majority of folks out there throughout the run of the Infinity Saga were basically kind of like either Steve was their favorite or like 
Tony was their favorite, kind of. You know what I mean? And um, the I felt like, for me, I feel like the dynamic and the relationship between Steve and Tony throughout the films was just such an interesting and consistent um, dynamic that we got to watch unfold that it was just really fun to like, you know, watch and like really interesting, you know, and like, um, you know, um, and powerful, you know, especially how uh, civil war ended, you know what I mean? Like, um, and then how Endgame was like, you know, with Tony coming back from, you know, um, Titan and like falling down and everything and whatnot. And like, you know, flipping out on Steve, but um, I'll go back to you, Cyber. I just wanted to bring that up so that maybe like you and Arch might have an opinion kind of on that whole connection with Tony and Steve. I honestly, I mean, like, like I was saying before, I think it was just a really cool concept that they included into the, you know, movie itself. The fact that, you know, they really, in the comic books, they really haven't done that. It was great, you know, move by Marvel itself to change that up and to move with that. And to kind of, I feel that kind of helps solidify, like you were saying, you know, Steve and Tony's relationship when we eventually see them together, you know, in Avengers and throughout the other films that, you know, were in, you know, Civil War and so forth. And just kind of how you can see Steve trying to understand the differences between Tony and Howard, how they were so different in their thinking, but still very genius-like. And you can see that throughout, you know, as you know, time moved on and, you know, them not working together very well, um, how just how that relationship had evolved. Uh, I think that was a really interesting concept they decided to go with. And like Arch was saying, you know, just, you know, with them adding different things in uh, to kind of spice things up for the MCU that weren't in the comic books, that's just MCU's way of trying to make it even more enticing and more entertaining and splicing them and making them... uh, interconnecting stories which really make it fun. So that brings me to the fact about the Tesseract itself. Now, you know, we get, this is the first film we got to see the Tesseract in. And the fact that the Tesseract has been in so many different places over the years, it, it just, it, I think it's kind of a funny thing, like, because at one point, you know, in Endgame, the Tesseract was, you know, being hidden by the good guys. You know, in the, in, you know, 70s. And then we have the test wreck was on Asgard at one point. We have the test wreck now here in Germany in the 1940s. I mean, the test wreck has been everywhere. Uh, I don't know how that correlates to the comic book itself. If that was, you know, you know, Arch was mentioning that, you know, they called it the a, a cube of some sort, a, uh, a power cube uh, at one point and so forth. And it wasn't really always considered an Infinity Stone like they end up doing with it in the films. Um, so my question is, what do you, what are your thoughts of them bringing the Tesseract into this first Captain America movie? And do you think it made it was a pivotal uh, addition to the film so that it could carry out through the Infinity Saga? Uh, why don't you start this off, Jeff? Well, I think that that's very impactful and like a really good point to bring up, Cyber. I do like. I really think that as far as the comics go, the whole and the whole like uh, uh, honestly. Essentially, um, Captain America was created by cartoonists Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Uh, he first appeared in Captain America Comics number one uh, in March 1941 from Timely Comics, which then became 
Marvel comics. Um, and essentially, um, Captain America was the most popular uh, character for timely comics throughout the actual period of World War II uh, in terms of sales. He disappeared for a while. They canceled the, the comic. And then from 1964 to today, Captain America has remained in publication, which is awesome for me. Like, it's awesome. I, I Honestly, um, he's a longtime leader of the Avengers. And um, again, I mean, Chris Evans, for me, is like almost like my hero in a way. Like, because Captain America is my favorite superhero. So, like, he played my favorite superhero, and he did a freaking bang-up job doing it. Um, and as far as, like, the cube goes and, like, the Tesseract, I think that, like, when I think of their, their like, their inserting of that into, like, the, uh, the first Avenger film, I feel like it just makes me think of the, the game planning and the, um, and the concept, you know, like, like you know, thinking and everything that Kevin Feige and the rest of his like team did to put all this together, especially when they were, you know, taking out a loan, you know, to like produce films after the whole Paramount deal. You know what I mean? Like they literally borrowed money and like, it was one of those situations where like, if they had failed, who knows what could have happened financially for them. So, I mean, they really, you know, at that point when this movie came out, Kevin Feige was like a known commodity, but like he wasn't Kevin Feige that we know of today. So like, and like all of his lieutenants and everything and whatnot that all make up his like inner circle, um, you know, they were there from the beginning, essentially. You know what I mean? And so at that point, it's just very interesting to me to look back at the reality that they were putting the, the Tesseract in Captain America, the first Avenger, to then tie that directly into the Infinity Saga and then Infinity War and Endgame and everything and whatnot. It's just fun to watch like and remember how they put all this together and everything because they just did such a great job. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Uh, what are your thoughts, Arch, What, are, uh, what about the cube itself being a part of the first Captain America itself? You know, I got a number of different thoughts on this, just listening to you guys talk. But um, uh, uh, first, I guess, um, it, it makes sense to me. It's the Space Stone. You, you could travel around with it. So it makes sense that it's the one that's been bounced around the most. It, it's the one that's sort of like the most well-known, whereas other ones like the Power Stone have just been hidden on Morag for 500 years or however long. So it, I, I like that. I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, I, I like the conception of a Captain America character dealing with something on this cosmic level scale because of the contrast between it. So just in modern society, and especially in the MCU levels, modern society, which is, uh, you know, even a little bit more advanced than, than our modern society, but um, the contrast of like a 1940s man dealing with that, the, that in a space stone is, is even more so than it would be for us. So I, I like that there's this, there's this heavy contrast about this man at a time dealing with this stuff that's even beyond our imagination. I think that's great. Um, just to clarify a little bit for those who may not be as familiar with the comics, and I just want to preface this by saying I am not the leading comics authority, so there's going to be people that know way more than what I'm about to tell you. Um, but um, uh, when I mentioned the Cosmic Cube earlier, um, that's in the comics traditionally a completely separate thing than the Infinity Stones. 
they've sort of merged those ideas in the movies, which is fine. I, I, lo I love those merger ideas. But the Space Stone itself, or the Cosmic Cube, sorry, um, is uh, just a different kind of cosmic, you know, power box. Um, I actually don't know the limits completely of it, but it's it's not as powerful as the Space Stone would be. Um, but those are traditionally different things. Uh, but I love that they combine them. The um, uh, just just the use of it here, uh, I. Captain America, in, in, in a number of the comics I've read, the most recent ones, uh, there was one, and I'll, I'll tie this back to something you mentioned earlier about the Red Skull disappearing. When I first saw that, I was actually excited because there was a comic I read one time where the, the Red Skull's um, spirit, entity, essence, whatever you want to call it, uh, had uh, incorporated itself into the body of a man who was running for president. And so you had this person running for president of the United States who nobody knew was the Red Skull. And so you had characters like Bucky and Sam trying to go after a presidential candidate who nobody knew was the most evil person ever. It was it was it was a really cool kind of thing. So that was the kind of story I was thinking about when you see Red Skull just disappear. I'm like, when's he coming back? <laughs> like, and and I loved it when he showed up in, in Infinity War, by the way. But uh, yeah, I guess those are my quick thoughts on on how that ties in. It, it 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 just leads me to think that there's that there's a bigger, larger story coming, and and it got me excited in everything else that we're gonna do. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. I mean, yeah, even going back to what I was saying, you know, like, I was shocked that, like, all of a sudden, you know, this big baddie was gone already. But still, like, at the same time, I'm thinking, is he going to come back? Where, you know, when are we going to see him again? All that kind of stuff, like you were saying. Yes, most definitely. And at the same time, I'm, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I hope this is not the last time we get to see him, you know. Cyber. Sometimes, sometimes Cyber, let me ask you. Cyber, what do you think? Do you think that they planned on bringing him back for Infinity War for that, for that, do you, for that cameo, do you think that was in the cards the entire time, or they just came up with that like at that point? Well, it's Marvel Studios, so they probably have this in the in the fray. They, you know, they have they basically they're like they said uh, in. Um, there's been a few interviews I've seen with uh, Feige and even just other people that are involved with the Marvel Studios. They've said that they have basically always ten years ahead of where they're at. So, I mean, this was something that was already in place, you know, back when Iron Man 1 was first being released. So they probably had in their mind that they were going to pop up, you know, Red Skull again back, you know, whenever. I don't, but, you know, they probably didn't know exactly which film they were going to do it in, but they knew that they were eventually do that again, most definitely, you know. Uh, but you were mentioning earlier that you had some rotten uh, tomato reviews that you'd like to yeah. talk about. Thank you, Cyber. I think this would actually be kind of fun, a different kind of like angle to the show, like and kind of change things up a little bit to wrap things up kind of before we finish things up. Um, I've got some of the reviews from the rot from Rotten Tomatoes. I just want to go ahead and read a couple of them. And I think it would be fun just to kind of like see – where like you guys are at like with your opinions contrasting or like you know just kind of like your take like on these reviews um so okay basically we've got david hogan from hogan's reviews the 40s setting is well realized the characters are all really well developed and genuinely fun to watch and the action scenes are well shot and exciting. And we've got Rachel Wagner. I love the 1940s touches throughout the, and the action is really enjoyable. Mike Massey gone with the twins, like a drastically more unbelievable Indiana Jones. 
Captain America combats Nazi villains and stumbles into chases, utilizing military vehicles. This is a negative one. However, it's just another mindless and soulless action movie with all the visual and emotional appeal of a wet cardboard box. That's from Mike Nasty. <laughs> contrasting his, his, his initial positive reaction to the film. Um, and Cardboard box. Yes, I, I, that's actually kind of comical. Um, I don't agree, but while Steve Rogers, the man in isolation, is a beacon of goodness, Captain America, the symbol within a larger narrative context, falls victim to Marvel's penchant for diluted ideology. And that's it. I cannot, my, my, my laptop is freezing and it will not let me say who that's review is. Um, but I just want to point out, as I've mentioned in the graphics, that um, overall from Rotten Tomatoes, this movie got a 80% from Rotten Tomatoes and it got a 74% from the audience. So you tell me, Cyber, what do you think about those reviews, man? Like, um, With any movie, you're always going to have very opposite opinions and reviews from different people. Some movies have more better reviews than others. Some have worse reviews than others. This film, I'm not shocked by those comments at all. Um, Because I do recall when it first came out in 2011, I remember there was a lot of critics that said, oh, it's it's a great film, but we feel it lacks in certain areas. And then there was other people that said, oh, this is the greatest, you know, Marvel film since, you know, Iron Man, etc., etc., and stuff like that. Uh, But that cardboard reference was just absolutely hilarious. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're comparing it to a cardboard box, this movie, uh, you might want to uh, just go put yourself in a loony bin or something. I don't know. Uh, Because apparently you weren't watching the film for what it is. Uh, I mean, you know, going back to my reference about the cartooniness, I, you know, that's why I was mentioning the cartooniness earlier is because I remember a lot of time when when that first came out, a lot of people were saying they felt it was very comic book or cartoony feeling. And that's why a lot of people were saying that it wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be because of that kind of... uh, very soft edges look to it. Uh, it wasn't as like dark as like Iron Man was. And uh, but just you know any you know review, I always look at it with a grain of salt, and I always laugh at the majority of them because I'm just like I, I didn't watch the same movie. I'm sorry, uh, I just don't agree with the review. And uh, you know I look at this as a movie for what it is. It's entertainment value. It's comic book, it's not real, it's not supposed to be a documentary, it's not supposed to be an Oscar winning film, it is what it is, and so those reviews, the good ones are, are just as funny as the bad ones, I feel uh, and I mean, a lot of people, I feel you know, got the gist of what this film was supposed to be, and it was a great first outing for Chris Evans as, you know, Captain America, uh, I just think it's, you know, reviews are funny and so subjective, and I just always enjoy uh, reading some of them sometimes, and other times I'm just like, yeah, I could care less. I've got some audience reviews, Cyber. Before Arch comes on, I've got some audience reviews that I think you guys might want to hear that might be interesting. Just real quick, one of Marvel's worst 
Captain America, the first Avenger falls short on almost all platforms. It's poorly treated storyline is executed in a horrible fashion. Um, this is from July, 2016. Um, and this is another one. 3.5 dash four, not bad, not outstanding, mildly enjoyable, mostly forgettable. Um, I don't know, Arch. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell you. Um, I will. I got two thoughts. Uh, one, I generally uh, respect Rotten Tomatoes uh, for the most part. Uh, that's not always a popular thing, but I think they're mostly close when you look at the vast majority of movies. You could probably find one that you rabidly disagree with, but I think you know they were then five or ten points one way or the other. It's not, they're not that far off usually. So I think they're. I think they're pretty good. I think they're. It's a fairly reliable site. Fan reviews. I don't care about. I do not care. I don't care. I don't care. Most of the because they're hot and cold, right? Like you, you, you've just got people that just want to overlove something or want to overhate it, and I just don't care. I really don't. I like I like talking with guys like you who can like sit around and uh, you know just enjoy it and have a good time with it and talk about it realistically. I think that's fun. So um, yeah, no, I, I I think this is a solid film. I think throughout phase one, their goal really was. To probably be a little bit safe, uh, you know, not as experimental, just to, to make sure they got the pieces in place, set the board up, and pull off Avengers. And then they could be free to go around and Doctor Strange and Guardi- Guardians of the Galaxy to play face off. They just get crazy after that. But this, this was a phase very much about just, you know, doing right, getting pieces set up the right way. Um, uh, the, the way we've talked about it, they, they got characters right, they got you invested in it, they got the mood right, they got the atmosphere right. Iron Man's a more sort of uh, semi-realistic, you know, but but advanced take uh, on you know uh, what a guy could do uh, with, with tech. Uh, but this is a little a little bit more fantasy, um, uh, blended with uh, you know realism on on a World War II vet and how he would react to more fantastical elements. And then you've got Thor, which is just sci-fi fantasy, which is great. So I, I think they hit their mark on on all of these. And Captain America: First, The First Avenger is a is a wonderful example of of a great comic book and enjoyable film. Most definitely. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's subjective. We're all subjective. You know, depends on, you know, like you were saying, you know, you you agree with the writing, you know, critics, they're pretty accurate and stuff like that, which once again, it's just an opinion. And, you know, I, I always look at those reviews. Sometimes they are pretty critical of certain films that I, I just don't get why they're so evil against them sometimes. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, like I said, you know, it's it's all an opinion, and like I said, you take it with a grain of salt. You either like it, or you don't like it. You know, it's that's what makes us individuals and makes us, you know, fun. You know, and talking about these films and so forth. So you bring up good point. Oh, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just, yeah, I was just saying, I, if you're reading reviews too, you have to like kind of think about where this person's coming from. Like, if you ask me to go review something like. Pride and Prejudice, right? It's this isn't my film. It's not going to be something I'm apt or eager to get and review in a way that's it, like enjoyable. You you want to talk to somebody that enjoys that genre of film, and you want to you know you want to you're you're going to discuss things with people who enjoy that kind of film. Some of these some of these reviews, like a couple of the negative ones, negative ones, just sound like people who don't really care about the genre, which is fine. I'm just not apt to really care much about their review you know what i mean because i'm 
more I'm I'm more inclined to listen to guys like yourself who who do enjoy this and and want to get out of it what uh, what it's supposed to be about. Well, Arch, that makes me think. If you don't mind, if I jump in real quick, Cyber, um, that makes me think about the reality or like the uh, the whole premise where for me I feel like if you don't um, understand or align or like uh, or get uh, what we get out of like the MCU, like out of these movies, out of the Infinity Saga and everything and whatnot, if you don't get like the same, um, you know, thrill and excitement that we get when we see things like the Infinity War trailers and stuff like that, you know, like when they came out and everything, you know, and like, I mean, they were like, like life altering for me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when, I mean, when, um, when, when they showed like Thanos like jump towards Captain America and like Captain America hold up Thanos's arm and everything and whatnot, I was like, oh my god! Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously? Like Captain America fighting Thanos one on one? Like, that's awesome! And like, um, you know, look, there is there is a whole there is a whole reality where like there's fan service and like. Um, and like, uh, there's a bias here where we all love like Marvel and we all love MCU and the comics and stuff. But like, honestly, for me, I feel like from a character standpoint with people, if they like poo poo, like this movie or like the Marvel movies or the whole MCU or whatever, and they're like all negative about it and doom and gloom about it to me, that's a major sign that like, they're like not a very good person. Like if they can't if they can't enjoy the flat out like dichotomy of good versus evil, you know what I mean, and like good winning out over evil that like the MCU displays across the Infinity Saga from film to film, like if that's appalling to them and they don't like that and they find that boring, like well I'm sorry, but like if you watch Infinity War in the theater and you watch Endgame in the theater and you your reaction to that is that it's boring. Then, like you're a douchebag. <laughs> I, I think, to just in general, uh, the, the the question I always ask is, did the film accomplish what it was trying to accomplish? Because that's really all that matters. If, you, if you're not watching it, I mean, you can. You, there are films out there. I, I'm not going to name one, but there are films out there. You can watch them, and it'll be. You can tell it's a bit of a mess. Like that, they had some sort of trouble constructing something about it, and it seems just kind of jumping oh, around. Justice League. Justice League. <laughs> Right, and it doesn't make sense, or you know, things don't add up, or there's big gaping holes, and it's, you know, something doesn't work, or something, or there's a major acting issue, or something like that. But as long as you're watching a film and, and you're into it, and you can get it, and it seems really well constructed, and they hit the notes they wanted to hit, then I mean, what else are you asking for? I mean, that's all that really matters, right? Yeah, exactly. So to basically kind of round out the the live stream tonight, uh, we're gonna take about you know, a couple minutes just for each of us to just give me give a rounded synopsis or symposium of what you feel about the entire film and just kind of your thoughts a little bit on the film and just how you feel uh basically how the film made you feel and kind of just like the message it gave you uh so go ahead and jeff uh, why don't you go ahead and uh give us yours well, before I before I do my 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 personal take, I just want to mention that this is the first episode, the first part of as I have laid out on like the uh, the graphic on the bottom of the screen, um, a series of reviews of the entire Infinity Saga that we are trying to connect with the MCU's bleeding edge and Arch 
and his good friend Graham Masters podcast of champions. And um, I'm really like uh, super excited and um, like very feel very blessed to have Arch with us tonight and everything and whatnot. It's been great having like, um, you know, the, a different set of opinions on here and everything and whatnot. And at the same time, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we end up unpacking overall when this thing is finally done, because we got a lot of films to do down the road. And um, as far as Captain America goes, I'll make it very quick and simple. I don't even need multiple minutes. Um, I don't agree with the reviews at all. I don't see like, I mean, look, uh, you can only depict World War II in a certain way when you're like making a Marvel film, like a, you know, a, a superhero film or whatever. You can't exactly do like private, saving Private Ryan type crap, like in Captain America, the first Avenger, you know? So you kind of have to like comic booky up a little bit and like kind of lighten things up a little bit and whatnot, you know? But um, basically for me, again, um, I think that the ensemble of actors that that play the characters of the film is just outstanding, honestly. Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, is like the man as far as I'm concerned. Like he's a great actor. Um, his role, him, his role in that film is kind of small, but it's very powerful. Um, you know, it's a great ensemble cast. Hugo Weaving is is honestly, to tell you the truth, he's pretty. He was. When he was more active, he was always very selective in what he'd do. Um, you know, Arch mentioned Elrond. He was awesome as Elrond in Lord of the Rings. Like, he was just, like, straight dope as Elrond. Um, and, like, like pulled it off, like, masterfully. Um, and I'll tell you right now, um, if you guys ever want to get together and do a, like, way down the road Lord of the Rings review, like, series, I'm down for that, too. But, um, because I'm a huge Tolkien fan. But essentially, this Chris is Marvel, Evans, Jeff. This is Marvel. I know, I know. Chris Evans, man, is is like a is like a, a beast, and um, like straight up, I love Peggy Carter. I love like the relationship between Peggy and Cap, even if they don't really give it that much screen time and everything during the movie. When they do, like show them together, it's great chemistry. Like it's cute, it's fun, it's like positive. I love it, and um, you know, like hey, I mean, overall for me, I feel like. You got to take into consideration again. This was like phase one. They were establishing character development and like trying to like inform people as to what they were going to be dealing with going into the Avengers. And so, kind of like what Arch, what you said, and what Cyber you said too. You know, I think that like Marvel Studios like like learned and grew from phase to phase, and like really like you know did a great job. Um evolving their productive their their production values and like their storytelling and everything across the years that these films came out and like where they went from the first avenger to um captain america the winter soldier what a stark contrast you know what i mean in films like you know like what is what a different tone you know and like as far as like the villains go you got hugo weaving playing red skull and like did a great awesome job you know and then you get freaking like literally like sebastian stan as the winter soldier where i think that literally he's probably more effective than he is as bucky in the mcu to be honest with you he's more he's more impactful 
because for me, and this is the last thing I'll say, I think that literally, I was, this is totally not even First Avenger. I think that like uh, Bucky as as the Winter Soldier in the second Captain America film, he was literally top three MCU villains all time. Okay, okay, okay. Your thoughts, Arch? Yeah. Um, well, like I, I'll just follow up on on how I started this. Um, when I was watching these uh, back during the back during Phase One when it first came out, uh, my take was was can they establish this character in a way people care about him and fits in a larger picture and, and he's relevant and he's cool and they did that. So that 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 is a hundred percent all they needed to do with this uh, and that to me like. Uh, ton of these characters are great. I didn't expect to come out of this film loving Peggy Carter. I didn't, and I did too, and she's amazing. Um, the way Haley you know, portrays her, everything. I didn't think all of the side characters would be so great. I, I didn't know how they would nail um, or be able to pull off Red Skull. And he's a incredible villain. I'd love seeing him come back. I thought he was great in this. Um, uh, so it, it, it's, it's wonderful that the, the World War II setting is, is fun, even looking back on it and you know, not having the I care about whether or not they can pull this off perspective, knowing they did pull it off. Even going back on it, it's just a fun, relaxing film. I love the settings. I love the characters. I love um, seeing uh, Steve just be Steve. There's a thing about Captain America where the guy's superpower is that he just always does the right thing, no matter what. Just always, always, always does the right thing under any circumstance, whether it's going to cost him his life, uh, whatever the circumstances, he'll he'll do it, and I, I love seeing that nobility out of him. Um, whether it's jumping on a grenade or standing up to his superiors to, to rescue these men, um, develop you know showing his smarts and developing a plan to go after and ultimately take down Red Skull, sacrificing himself at the end. Just all of that is exactly Steve Rogers. And one other one other small point going into the film uh, that almost nobody talks about anymore, but uh, I, I did have I wasn't sure. If, if I was going to be on board with Chris Evans when I first watched this film. Uh, and mostly that was because he'd just been the Human Torch back in the Fantastic Four film. Wait a minute, Arch, be careful. Cyber <laughs> loves the original Fantastic Four film. I do. I, I, I have no problem with Fantastic Four. I actually love it. I, I, I will defend that film. The first one, it, 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 won't, it wouldn't hold up as like one of the greatest uh, comic book films from like right now if you had to evaluate it. But, but especially back then, that was a solid effort in a Fantastic Four film, I thought. I thought it was pretty solid. And I and I enjoyed Chris Evans in that role, but I couldn't, going into this film, realize, conceptualize how they were going to get the jerk that is Johnny Storm to, to, to be the heroic guy that is Steve Rogers. But they did it. He was amazing. And it, and it was after this film that I was like, yep, Chris's cap. It was, it was, it was great. I'm so glad you brought that up, Arch. I really am. I'm glad you made that connection because I was thinking about that when I was watching the movie today. I was like, this guy was the human torch. And like, right. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Right. And really, a totally different character. Like, it, 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 he, he acts the same. He, well, it, I shouldn't say he acts the same. He speaks the same. It's, it's very obviously Chris Evans. He doesn't like, he's not unrecognizable or anything, but completely different character. And he pulls them both off fantastically. Most definitely, most definitely. I mean, he, he was a lot more cocky. He was a lot more different as Johnny Storm. And that, you know, the contrast between him and how Steve R was amazing. I thought Chris Evans really showed that he does have some pretty decent acting chops to really pull that off. Especially, you know, being already cast as Johnny Storm in those first two Fantastic Four films. Uh, but 
just in general, for me, my synopsis of this whole film is it, it was a great whole story, I thought, that really gave a really decent origin story to Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, it, you know, it could have developed a little better on certain aspects, like I said before, about the relationship between him and Peggy. But I still thought they did a great job of just bringing that together, showing him turning into, you know, Captain America, uh, you know, basically going and becoming really Captain America, you know, showing that he has what it takes to be this person. And kind of just, you know, his transformation from taking on the Red Skull one time, beating him, basically, and then getting trapped in ice for 70 years, and then coming back to really, you know, being the Avengers. And... It just was a really nice kind of like beginning point for Chris Evans to really distance himself from Johnny Storm's character and bringing Captain America to life. And it just was a really well uh, and, you know, I thought rounded film that I just really enjoyed. Uh, hands down, it was a decent film. I definitely would agree with the 8% Rotten Tomato fresh score most definitely on that film because it just was really a decent film in the MCU. Me too. Same thing. I'm I'm ditto with that. I think the eighty percent is very fair. Yeah. So, all right, folks. Well, that is where we'll take it to, folks, tonight for this live stream. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys uh, got some information. Maybe you hadn't heard before, or maybe just had fun listening to us guys just talk about what we thought about things and just how uh, how amazing this film was. Uh, to us and just how we thought it was a really great addition to the MCU. Uh, like we said, we want to thank Arch for coming on tonight and uh, being a part of our live stream. Uh, like you were saying before, he has his own podcast and his own uh, YouTube channel uh, where he talks all kinds of comic book related material and all that kind of cool stuff. So if you get a chance, definitely go check him out because uh, he's really awesome and he was really a joy to have on the show tonight. And as always, you know, we got our Mr. Jeff Saloboda up there, who you can find on Rizzle and all that kind of cool stuff. And uh, we can also uh, see uh, him also on the MCU's Bleeding Edge on YouTube as well, along with me. I'm also, you can check me out on my YouTube channel under Cybernetic Shark as well for my reviews, parodies, and all that kind of cool stuff. And also, I'm also on Rizzle too as well. Uh, I want to thank our one watcher tonight for watching us most live. definitely we appreciate you for watching and staying with us for this uh review and we're looking forward to doing more of these infinity saga reviews for you guys and breaking them down for you uh we will have a new one eventually soon and it's gonna be a lot of fun and joy and uh we will catch you on the next one thank you everybody enjoy the podcast too thank you guys for having me on brother.